Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From actors to musicians to industry icons. You're invited to lunch with Hollywood's biggest players. This is Lunch with Bruce, hosted by Bruce Bozzi. Okay, so if you're listening to this, it's Lunch with Bruce on Radio Andy. Um, Grab a drink. It's a beautiful Southern California day. We are sitting at my house. We are eating La Scala salads. I'm sitting with... I'm I'm just going to sort of read, Ron your intro because I just think it's that important. So if you don't know the man by name um, that I'm having lunch with today, you certainly know the films he was responsible for as president and CEO of Universal Studios starting in 1995, eventually becoming vice chairman of its parent company, NBC Universal, in 2013 until his recent departure in 2020. Um, you also were one of the original founding partners of Creative Artists Agency in 1975, I'm sitting with Mr. Ron Meyer. Hi, Ron. Hey, Bruce. How are you? I'm good. This is really great. Thank you. We're having the Scala salads. The, the, Ron and I had dinner last week, and you're so gracious that you're like, yeah, I'd love to do have lunch with you and talk to you about whatever I'm ready to talk about. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's fun for me. Okay. So, Ron, I think what's certainly interesting for me to talk to you about uh, to start off with, I was going to kind of start off talking about Universal and, you know, because you're responsible for some of the biggest hits at Universal and iconic uh, movies. You're also responsible for making people giant movie stars, okay? Giant movie little. stars, not little movie stars, iconic <laughs> movie stars, okay? And when I think of Ron Meyer, I think of people like Sam Cohn, Sue Mengers, Lou Wasserman, Swifty Lazar and Stan Kamen. You are on that list. Not everybody is on that list. Well, all, all my idols, by the way, so I'm, I'm honored to, to even be thought of in that category, but for people that know the history well, of the agency us. business. Give us, my question to you really is, who were they to you? How did they influence? Maybe give a little bit about them, and then how did that, because your story, you, know, you had a couple years at William Morris, and before that you were at a smaller agency. Was. And then, so, but... To put you in that category is being truthful. So tell me well, about that. God, I mean, <laughs> you want me to? You want me to start with that? You want me to? Well, I, think I, I give you my I give you my history if you want, and then yeah. I can get to that if that makes it easier. Sure, I would love. My it. my mouth is bigger than my brain, so I'm I'm not sure I could put it <laughs> can, in the right category. Okay. But what um, um, I, I was, my mother and father escaped Nazi Germany in 1939. They actually had the same sort of history, but uh, they they met in Los Angeles, but they both came at the same time and met here. Um, and I was born in Los Angeles some years later. Um, and um, when I was, you know, my father was a ladies' dress salesman, a traveling salesman. We, we Of course, all, everybody loved the movies, loved movie stars and loved what it was. My father and I actually would go to what they had in those days, telethons, mm-hmm. uh, right. where... where they would raise money, the sort of the Jerry Lewis kind of tel- telethon, but they were on a regular basis at a right. place called the Carthay Circle Theater. My father and I would stand out uh, at the stage door ec- area with hundreds of other people trying to get autographs from, really? from any kind of famous people. Right. So we obviously loved what movies were and television was. I mm-hmm. didn't know much about it, but I, but I loved the, the glamour of what it, what it, it appeared to be. Okay. Um, uh, when I was, uh, I, I was a, a, a kid in trouble, in my early late years, and when I was fifteen, what do you mean trouble? Well, I mean I was, you know, I got smoked a lot of dope, right? Uh, got in a lot of fights, right? Um, uh, did a lot of stupid things, yeah. and and I went to a 
three three junior high schools a total of five times. Okay. Uh, and I and I and I and I was enrolled in in three different high schools. How does that happen? I was just kind of uh, a mess as a kid. Just right. I, it was kind of my identity. It sort of you know yeah. a, a, a bad guy was sort of admired in those days. Okay. In a funny, strange way, bad guy. Whatever right. I thought it was a bad guy. Right. And when I was fifteen, I dropped out of high school. Uh, and never went back to school again. Interesting. Um, I, I shot pool and, and boxed is what I did. I mean, people should know that you are an epic pool play, player. No, right? I, I, Super. I'm, I'm okay, but I've yeah. la- I played all those years and still do. Right. Um, uh, and when I uh, uh, and I went in the Marine Corps when I was 17 years old. Okay. Uh, I was going to be drafted. In those days, there was an active draft, and right. I would have been drafted. So instead of being drafted, I, I, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And that really changed my life. I mean, it was... You know, they used to, in those days, call it a, a million-dollar experience you wouldn't go through for a million dollars. But, uh, but I, yeah. I, I did it and, it, and and when I got out, I really sort of cleaned up my act. I mean, I'd spent all the time, so when I, I, I went out and got a square job, I went, uh, and I'll digress a little. When I, when I was, um, I got the measles, and when I was quarantined, and literally at that time in my life, I had never read a book. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I... Being a high school dropout, I I really had never read a book. Mm -hmm. And my mother, while I was quarantined, in those days there was no uh, internet. There was no, they didn't put television in your room. They didn't give you a radio. You were in a room and you had nothing to do. (laughs) So my mother sent me two books. One was called The Amboy Dukes, which was about kids who were in trouble. And the other was called The Flesh Peddlers, which was about um, uh, a guy at a fictitious agency, a big agency, uh, and he went out with beautiful women and drove a fast car. <laughs> and right. I thought, wow, I said, when when I get out, I don't want to be that guy, dumb guy I had been before, kids in trouble. I yeah. want to be that guy with a fast car and beautiful women. Wow. And and I always kind of remembered it. I didn't really know what it was, what wow. the agency business was, but I, those are the two books that I read. Okay. And when I got out, I, I had a lot of jobs. I got did whatever I had to do to make a living. But I, I went looking for a job in the agency business. And I, I won't will take the whole podcast, uh, this whole time to tell you the story. But right. I got a miracle job as a messenger at a theatrical agency, mm-hmm. um, a man named Paul Koner, uh, right. his agency. And he represented William Wyler and John Huston and Ingmar Bergman and, and Charles Bronson and people like that. And I was his driver and everyday messenger. Mm-hmm. And I did that for probably five years. Okay. And... Um, just soaking in everything he had. I was. I loved it. I was. Right. You know, I worked on Sunset Boulevard. There's a mm-hmm. book written about him called the the uh, King of Sunset Boulevard, the Prince of Sunset Boulevard. Um, wow. His his brother actually is the guy who his his what he had two other brothers. One was worked at the agency. The other was created Gidget based on his yeah. daughter's life. Really. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, she, I, she, I, don't, I don't know where she is now, but she's still around. But Caddy right. Caddy Coner was her name, and she was Gidget. She wow. was the role model for Gidget, and Frederick Koner was <laughs> mm-hmm. the author of Gidget. That was a human interest story. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and I was, it was just the greatest job ever. I didn't want to do anything else. Right. I was driving famous people, and I was, I was a hotshot guy driving around Sunset, yeah. driving him around, doing right. running errands, and I had the greatest time of my life. Right. I, had, I made $75 a week, and I got a gas credit card, and they paid my lunches. <laughs> and it was just the coolest thing exactly. in the world. And in those days, you could actually live on that money. Um, I then, again, through a lot of different circumstances, got a, a another miracle job at William Morris, and right. I was a uh, I got a job at the TV talent department. I sort of talked my way into it, and mm-hmm. they needed somebody there, and I knew the I knew the the language. I didn't know how to actually act on it. Okay. I had never been an agent, but I knew enough about the agents' business to to, to give an illusion right. that I knew what I was doing. Okay. And so I got a job at William Morris, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and I stayed there for five years, and again, a, a lot of different circumstances. Uh, uh, five of us left together and started Creative Artists Agency. Yeah, so like, let's okay, because we're going to go back to those five agents that I spoke to. But it's important, I think. It's that was a, certainly a pivotal moment because um, uh, these gentlemen were Michael Rosenfeld, Mike Ovitz, Bill Haber, and Roland Perkins. Perkins. So you all met at. At that moment, and then decided to they, it, leave. It was a little more complicated than that. What happened was that Roland Perkins, Mike Rosenfeld, and Bill Haber were senior agents there. Mm-hmm. Mike Ovitz and I were 
young agents there comparatively. Okay. I mean, in the in the seniority world, th right. those other three were vice presidents, and they were, you know, some heir apparents to whatever the company was. Right. But uh, and 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 a, a man who had been our boss, the five our boss, a man named Phil Weltman, had been forcibly retired there. He was an extraordinary man, really a great man and a great leader, and 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 a tough taskmaster, but he was a great educator and a great boss. And they forcibly retired him after he'd been there 35 years or right. so. And really, he, you know, it's that story about the alpaca sweater. You know, you, someone pulls up one string right. and they kept pulling it before right. you know it, the, the whole arm yeah. has come off. <laughs> right. Well, that's what happened. He wow. was that string and mm -hmm. they, they yanked it and the whole place came apart. It finally recovered, obviously, but but it took them When you say they, years. who was the they that decided to yank that? Well, there court? was a man named Sam Weisbord, and, and, and there was a, a senior management of people right. who made that decision. But Sam Weisbord primarily ran the company right. those days, and okay. he made that decision. He was, by the way, best friends with Phil Wellman. And so... I'm telling you, there's, a, there's there, something there. There's a thread here that we could sort of see. Yeah, how was, people, it was very interesting yeah. what took place. Hmm. It was a, it's a really great, sad Shakespearean story. Yeah. Um, and so that happened. So Mike Ovitz and I decided we were best of friends at the time. We decided we'd open up a mom-and-pop agency. Right. We represented, our, our biggest client was, was Sally Struthers, who was okay. the star of All in the Family. Sure. And, and we had a couple of other clients, but Sally was the big client, and we thought we would take a couple of these clients and open up our little company. Right. At the same time, we, we got approached by uh, 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 Mike Rosenfeld and Roland Perkins and, and Bill Haber, yeah. saying, we're thinking of leaving, and coincidentally, would you guys have some interest? They didn't know that we were thinking of leaving anyway. Right. But they came to us, and we were sort of, Mike and I were out there kind of trying to sign people, and we were we were hustlers. Right. And uh, we weren't sure we'd do it. We had, we, we had a meeting, and it, it was just one of those great coming togethers. Mm -hmm. It made sense, and we, we had a... Uh, 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 and we were, uh, there was a, a digress again a little bit. There was a, a man named Howard West. Uh, he and George Shapiro were partners. They're, they're, okay. Their claim to fame, amongst many things, of two wonderful guys. Uh, poor Howard has passed away, but uh, they discovered Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, okay. And are wow. still in business. I mean, George is still yeah. Jerry's oh, manager. I, of course, and they, I know George. So, George um, yes. uh, and Howard West, who Mike and I knew very well and were very close to, really advised us. We told him about this meeting we had, and he said, don't go alone. Go with the other three guys. There'll team. be a synergy and okay. a team, and right. it'll make an impact. And so we we had a one-year plan. We were going to, it was, uh, I forget now, I want to say January or December. We had a plan in December to uh, uh, wait one more year, or January, wait right. one more year, and then get some money, look for offices, be ready to go into business and get ready. And in, right. within that one-year plan, we were found out two weeks into it, into it, and we were all fired. Right, and so we were out on the street, and, right. and that's how CA started. We, you wow, know, that's so interesting. So that, we we yeah. we we found a a, a a small offices. We we got a, a hundred thousand dollar credit line at uh, a bank, mm -hmm. at Security Pacific Bank, I believe it was. Uh, I didn't have any assets, but but the other four had some assets they leveraged there. Right. The, homes and whatever they had to do. Right. And we got that $100,000 credit line, which we'd never dipped more than $20,000 into, but we, we opened up our little office. Wow. And we had five offices and one secretary. And right. uh, each wife or girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, and the other four wives worked one day a week. Wow. And they were the receptionists. So how were you at that point? Because, okay, so it's 1975. So how were you, were you aggressively... Or, or not aggressively, ambitiously, were you now calling and saying, okay, you got to come with us? Because it gets very, well, the waters a, a get muddy. A number of things happened. William Morris, nobody really cared about us, except right. that William Morris <laughs> made a uh, sort of classic mistake. They, Sam Weisbord, in a staff meeting, mm -hmm. announced that he just fired the five of us. And how, by the way, we were pipsqueaks. Even, right. the, even the three senior guys, no one on the outside knew who anybody was. Right. And they, they, uh, made a, um, a a statement that, you know, we have to get them, they, they're they our enemies, and made a big thing. And oh, before you really? know it, in those days, the trade papers, the Hollywood Reporter and the Daily Variety were really kind of the Bibles right. of the entertainment business. And people, said, they wrote it with the headlines in each paper, said five agents leave William Morris. It was, so they were making you it was famous. The least, <laughs> it was the least big deal in history. Right. 
and they made a big deal of right. it. And people were curious, so we got right. phone calls. Right. We made phone calls. We were aggressive. Right. We we signed people by night, so to speak, and right. we sold those people that we signed at night by day. Right. And I know it sounds a little corny, but that's exactly what happened. And we we didn't take any money. We, I I borrowed money from a distant distant cousin to live right. on for two years. Right. And we all lived on not taking salaries, but just and the hope of making money. So we, so you end up changing the face of the agency business going into the 80s, if I'm correct. I mean, and you know, now there's you create I uh you packaging, you're you're putting directors with actors, you're create, you know, you're I I to my understanding Ron is that like the field changed. So what fundamentally did you guys did you guys sort of sit around and say this is what the agency agency business was in the 70s and now that we're creeping into the 80s, this is what we're going to do. Because you really went next level at that time. Well, there were two parts to it. We, I mean, necessity became the mother of invention, so sure. to speak. Um, we, we had, you know, everybody was out to get us. Right. You know, once we started, we, we had been sued by creative, artists, uh, creative management associates okay. for name infringement. Okay. Because we were called creative artist agents. And William Morris was coming after us for client commissions of people that we took from them. Right. And they thought, well, you know, we of course had to pay them the commission, but we, right. they came after us before we even didn't do it. <laughs> um, right. And so we were, we were sort of under attack in every direction. So we became very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And we decided that two things. There was an agency called Chase and Park Citron, and they were sort of the premier spinoff. They were the spinoff agency from MCA when MCA became Universal Studios okay. and went out of the agency business. And those three men. Right. And that's like the were, Lou Wasserman. Yeah. And those were the three premier agents in town. Okay. You mentioned other names, Stan Kamen, yes. you know, Swifty Lazar, people like that. Right. But they were the most prestigious and they represented for that era the 20 of the biggest stars. Like who? Oh, God. Marilyn Monroe. Right. Ooh, uh, wow. They, they represented. Uh, uh, again, it was they'll sound dated names, but they, right. you know, but they represented Paul Newman and sure. and all of that kind of ilk of client. They, right. they were they were the premier agency. Okay. I mean, I, I I forget now, but it, right. but, but I mean, every Paul star, Newman and Monroe, but every star, star, but say, every star of that we're era, we're every star of that era, they were right. they were the agency, and so we sold ourselves. We our pitch was we we are the chase. Of, we are they were older men then. They were probably. Right. You know, fifty-five years old. <laughs> you know, so so we said we are uh, Chase and Park Citron with youth and energy. Ah, that was kind of our pitch, right? And we said we we're up in the morning before they are. We go to bed after they go to bed. Right. We are there seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day, and we are the future. We right. we, didn't, we right. were nothing, but we and so their clients sort of perked up and said, "Oh, well, well wasn't okay. there?" They were sort of slowly easing out anyway. Strangely enough. And oh, that for that, those agents. They yeah, were, they okay, were right. they were kind of easing out, and and they were still around, and there were there were four big agencies in those days, still five big agencies right. then. There was Ashley Famous, and there was, you know, Creative uh, Creative Management, and there was William Morris, and there okay. was uh, uh, Chase Park Citron, and there were they were, and uh, artist agencies. So mm -hmm. they were big agency with big clients, and then there were a bunch of smaller agents like Paul Conner right. that represented Audrey Hepburn and Richard Burton and. Elizabeth Taylor and people like that. So, it was a it was a kind of an interesting time. And early, by the way, I'm going to go way back to when you asked me an early question. I'm sorry. I'm no, I love it. I I when you asked me the question about, it, I thought of it. I used to always think when I was a young agent at William Morris, and I thought, for me to get ahead, which I thought would never happen, I thought all of those people that you mentioned, Stan Kamen and Swift Lazar and Sue Mengers and all the great agents of that time, Sam Cohen. They'd either have to die, quit, or go to jail. And ultimately, I always joke about it, they either died, quit, or went to jail. And it made room for me to, to get ahead. You know? That's hysterical. But I mean, I, and I, right. there were, some of them were very close friends of mine. Right. I had great admiration. Stan Kamen was an amazing agent. Yes. And Irving Lazar, I was honored to be friends with him. And, right, right. and Sue Bankers, I loved right. until the day she died. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were all, Sam Cohen and I were not really friends, but I admired him. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were, you know, I worked for Stan Kamen. But, right. But it was a, um, but it, it, it really, I needed them all to get out right. for us to get ahead. But anyway, go back. So at, uh, uh, let's see, we, we signed writers. 
Okay. And what we did was we, we convinced our writers to give us their scripts before they sold them. Okay. And what we did was we, we would take those scripts and then we would go to people that weren't necessarily our clients, but to go to movie stars. Like uh, Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford and uh, on and on and Meryl right. Streep. And I mean, the, you know, right. and we would go to them and present our script, go to directors, we would do whatever, and present the script and convince them to let us put these projects together mm-hmm. with them. Right. And But now they weren't clients yet. They weren't clients yet, but ultimately that's how we right. attracted them. And the first big clients that came really made a difference, of really big star clients that came were originally, uh, Sean Connery was probably the very first. Okay. Um, we we signed Paul Newman. Right. We signed Robert we Redford. Redford. Yeah. Uh, we, we signed... Uh, Al Pacino and Dust Ed and De Niro, I'm myself, De Niro and right. Dustin and, and and that was the and Meryl and Jessica Lange and 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 the list grew from there. Goldie right. Hawn and, and now I mean just so you know, like if you're listening to this, that group of people as you now are so let's just say it was a five year plan of that's 1975, 1980. By 1982, you have Streep winning an Oscar. You have uh, Jessica Lange winning Best Supporting Actress, even though she was nom- and that she was nominated in both. You have now are and responsible with this sort of well and move and, and making huge movie stars. Yeah, we we also had I mean we had a great directors list. You know, we had Cindy Pollack and right. We had we had an amazing Tootsie. List Did you of, make Tootsie? You uh, made well, Tootsie. We, we, did we make it? No. <laughs> By the way, you gave you give us way too much in the studio and at the agency. No, I give way too you. much credit because the truth is that we we were able to help facilitate things, but we well, never right. got it to happen. Even at the studio, I had great people making those decisions, right. and it it all worked out well. But because right, Diller was at the studios then, right? Oh, he was sure. At, right. Oh, yeah, so Barry, and, Barry was there. Barry and Michael Eisner and right. was were running Paramount. And right. it was a, yeah, there was a very formidable right. group at each, yeah. at each studio. Um, Super but, exciting time because everything was changing, it feels. I think. Yeah, it was great. But we, but we grew quickly. Once we started signing those big star clients, I, I don't want to ever say it was easy, but, but we were able to really attract the, the cream of the crop. Sure. And at the same time, poor Stan Kamen, who really was the, it, the very most important best agent in the business. Wow. He represented Steve McQueen amongst many others. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, passed away, right. and William Morris had had no succession plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just it was Stan came in and everything worked around him. Right. Uh, so when Stan passed away, um, it sounds ghoulish, but but his clients didn't have an agent, right. and we went after them, mm-hmm. and we signed most of them. Right. Um, Sam Cohen, they rest in peace, but used to pride himself on living a life. Uh, Sam Cohen said, I, I, I do my job. He was a great agent. Right. He was a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. He said... Was he East Coast? He was New York. He was, he was in New York. But he right. represented... Sigourney Mike, Weaver? He represented Mike Nichols. Well, he represented Mike Nichols. Okay. He represented Merrill. He represented ah. Cher. He represented Robin Williams. He represented Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. And, and a list like that. And, yeah. And he was very proud of the fact, he said, look, I go to work Monday morning at 9. Right. I close my doors at Friday at 6. Right. Don't call me Saturday. Don't call me Sunday. Don't call me on holidays. Don't call me after 6 o'clock at night. That's how I work. I work from 9 to 6. Everything could wait. Right. So I really want to say Mike and I went after all those clients. Right. And... Our pitch to them was, we're, when Sam is not working is when we're working. Right. We're working seven days a week. We're up to, from, you know, when he goes to bed at night, we, our day is started. Right. Uh, holidays, weekends, we're available. Yeah. We are, that's, we're there for you. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem in New York, those of you who lived in New York, Pacino was one of them, lived in New York. And we, we would say, if you live in New York and you have a problem at nine o'clock at night, your time. Six o'clock at night, L.A. time. Said, "You call me, and I will be there when you wake up in the morning. I'll be standing at the foot of your bed." Right. I said, "You don't need my New York office. You don't need anything. I will be there." I mean, I think that's an interesting thing to say to somebody. But like that, then, do you think their needs were not being met? That that even that I, extra twelve hours in a day was going to be so important I, to them? I think in the agency business, 
the kind of money that clients pay their agents. Mm -hmm. As an agent, I always felt lucky they didn't expect me to be at an office next to them. Right. You know, people people yeah. making millions of dollars a year, yep. paying 10% commission, right. they're entitled to you being available all the time. Sure. As an employee, right. You're I, in the customer I'm, service I'm available business. to my boss yep. every day, all right. day long. Right. And we're in the service business. Right. And you know it from your life. Yeah. And, it, and so Sam was hugely formidable mm -hmm. and a great agent and powerful agent. But he, he left a, a, an opening for us. Right. And over the years, we, we took advantage of that opening. Completely fascinating. I'm going to take a quick break because there's a, there's a second piece that rounds this, which is I'm really interested in, in the 80s, what you guys did there. And then I want to walk us into Universal because you have been, like I said, such a force in this business. And one of the things that I can't say enough is one of the most respected, kind people in this business, which is just a reputation that is, it's a big deal. And so we're, you're listening to Lunch with Bruce. I'm sitting here with the incredible Ron Meyer, and we will be back right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Rod, tell me about um, not not having been in the en entertainment business, uh, sort of always adjacent and more so now than ever. Um, what I kind of always heard in the 80s was like the, the business model changed. Like the so now st the Stallones were making Rambos and you were very much a part of Stallone's career and rise and making him a huge movie star. Um, what? What changed in the in the business model from like the Sue Menger's seventies like shampoo days, which is such a groovy time, and to now it feels like you guys were this became a multi-tiered integrational business. Well, it, it, it by the way, to go back to Sloan for a second, yeah, he really made my career. Oh, know? he did. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Once I, I I signed Sly after he did Rocky One. Okay, and was there while he was doing Rocky II and, and they did it with him for Rambo. And those right. two movies came out and he was the biggest star in the biggest. world. And yeah. I, you know, I was hanging on for dear life. I was, <laughs> I was learning how to represent the biggest star in the world. Right. So it was a, okay. it was a great so, experience. For sorry, me. I flipped I, it. Sorry, I, Mr. Stallone. It's okay, it's okay. But he, <laughs> I knew but somebody he, was responsible. But he, made, so he, but he was definitely responsible. <laughs> okay. But, um, uh, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't know where or how it changed. It, it, I, you know, when I left the agency business 26 years ago, we were still primarily representing talent, directors, writers, producers, actors, actresses, that. Uh, and slowly we started representing Coca-Cola. Um, and, I, you know, we, 
we we brought in people that really knew what they were doing because representing Coca-Cola means you're in the advertising business. And so we brought in a couple people, three people, a team that really knew that business. But Coca-Cola wanted us because they wanted access to talent. Mm -hmm. And and that was probably the beginning of agencies representing corporations or other kind of companies. And and that's where it changed. and where the agencies have grown to, to what they are today. I mean, right. when I left, we, we were we were a big, small company compared yeah. to what CAA is today or right. what William Morris is today. And um, you know, and it, 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 it you know, it's it's a different world, a different business. I mean, it's you know, I, sure. I still am, come from you know old-fashioned shoe leather agenting. Yeah. Um, and it isn't that anymore. It's a much more sophisticated that's also business. you. You're right. And, you know, part of the thing about Ron Meyer is, and it came up the other night, is, you know, if you call Ron, you're going to get a call back. And you you embody a set of values that I think are, are long gone for the most part, few and far, um, which really makes you a very special human. In in at that period, like if you had to sort of think back in the in that like decade of the '80s, you left CIA in, in the mid '90s. What were what would you say are a couple of your, your your most gratifying or moments, whether albeit getting someone that you loved a job that they wanted or an, an accolade or a movie made? So anything that stands out? Oh God, uh, you know, I wish I could give you some great story. I I don't. You know, there I I, I always felt. I mean, representing Tom Cruise, I was representing a lot of people like that. Yeah. And, I, and every time, no matter who they were and how important they were, when someone came and they got an offer, right? I always thought half the miracle took place. Yeah. So I never took it for granted. I thought, no matter who you represented, how important they were, mm-hmm. Sly or Tom or Tom Hanks or right. anybody like that, I, I always, how great, they right. come to offer a job to my client. Right. And I never got past that. I and because only one person gets the job. Right. And rather be my client. Right. And I always thought how great. You know, I I I always was jealous is a weird word, but always probably a little envious when a non-CAA client got a good job. <laughs> There's enough to go around. Sure. But I wanted my clients right. to get every it's job. It's your team. I, right. wanted every, I want CA to get every client, every job, everything. Yeah. And, and so, I, you know, so that's how I, for me, it was gratifying when there was an offer made to somebody. Right. When CA, when anybody within the company, when, we, when one of our clients got a job and said yes, because by the way, there's all kinds of, the first miracle takes place when the offer is made. Mm-hmm. They say, we want Mr. or Miss X. Right. The next miracle is, is it good enough for them to even consider? Right. And the next miracle is that they say yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, it always sounds so simple. Right. But it's not. Everybody gets offers. Everybody has, you know, but, but it starts out, I learned it even at Universal. There's no genius to this. You, got, you have to be lucky and smart and a lot of million things have to come together. But if you, if you get it, making the, no one's giving their money away. Sure. So when someone says yes, we're going to make this movie. Right. Nobody thinks they're giving making a movie that's going to fail. Sure. In the of history of the movie business, since the very first person took a camera and started twirling it around, and say, "Let's make this movie," yeah. they didn't say, "Let's find a way to lose our money." <laughs> to this day, there's no one ever said yes. Right. And smart people, no one sure. smarter than me, dumber than me, whatever it might be, they've said, "Let's make money." Right. Most of them don't. Most right. of them don't. But it was, so I always looked at it as a, a, a miracle. Do you? Um, and so what was happening? So with the dynamics of the five of you now, as the business was growing and you were really going next level, and biz and like the integration with companies like Coca Cola and brand positioning now became a lucrative moment. All of a sudden, like someone like me who was watching Flashdance and she does that twirl with the Pepsi can. Right. As the viewer, I'm never thinking that actually Pepsi is paying for that moment until, like, pay, oh. Pay, they pay plenty for it. They paid, I mean, and I'm still talking yeah. about it. How many years later? Yeah. Was Jennifer Beals a client of yours? Uh, she, I, she wasn't a client of mine, no, but she was, was a, she was lovely. She was a client of mine. So now, what was, were the dynamics, because now it gets, were they were they staying the same? I mean, we kind of know the story that what ha- where CAA under 
the five of you went and the, and the moment it felt like it broke and then like the next piece because now you have the Young Turks that were considered and the Young Turks now have taken it and we can talk about that too but how was the fundamentals of growing a business like that and the interpersonal relationships based on coming from William Morris sort of like being the underlings and now this? Look, we, we, were, we were very lucky. I mean, we, we had great success. We worked well together. Uh, what ultimately happened was that, that uh, we brought in a, a, a sixth partner, by the way, Marty Baum. Okay. And I, I have to go back to that a little bit. But Marty sure. Baum really changed the, the dynamic of CAA. I, I should have probably said that early on. Okay. In order to help us get those early clients, Marty Baum was, ran a studio, ran ABC Studios. Those days they were in the movie business. And he, his claim to fame, a major one, was that he discovered Sidney Poitier. Okay. And, yeah. and, and left the agency business, decided to go back into it. He put out an ad in the paper saying, I've decided to come back to my first love and be an agent again. And again, mm -hmm. the trades, the variety and reporter were yeah. the Bible of the industry. I so mean, he took a full page in each one. And <laughs> I looked at it, Mike Ovitz and I looked at it, and we said, let's get Marty Baum here. Right. And over a period of time, we really wined and dined Marty and convinced him that he should join forces with us. We'd right. been in business about a year at that point. Right. And there wasn't really much reason for him to do it, but we sold him like we sold a client. We, by the way, we always believed in what we were saying. We weren't schmoozing sure. just to schmooze. Right. We, we did it because we believed in it. And Marty joined us, and and Marty had signed Sidney Poitier again. It still was Sydney, formidable Sidney Poitier. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, this is now, I'm going back 45 years ago. Right. Um, uh, signed uh, Sidney Poitier, uh, uh, signed Blake Edwards, uh, signed okay. Bo Derek at that time, wow. signed uh, Richard Attenborough, uh, but had a, 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 a Joanne Woodward had a really important client list, right. and so once Marty came, he gave us real credibility. Sure. So I don't want to make it sound like we just kind of floated in and got those movie right. stars. He gave Marty really gave cred. us really yeah. gave us real credibility, yeah. and we were able to use once you have someone like Sidney Poitier on your client list. Right. That you and that made it easy to, when it's easy. They made it doable to get Sean Connery and, sure. and Newman and, right. and Redford and people like that. Right. You know, because we we said, well, they must know what they're doing. Right. Like you no, know, as opposed to who uh, are these schnooks. Yeah. Okay. So we so so I I, I should really because Marty really right. deserves enormous credit. But what happened in the later years is that the company ultimately was run by Mike, uh, myself. I, Mike was chairman. I was president. Right. Then Bill Haber, who right. ran the television business and is still my dearest friend. And, right. You know, it was a great agent and is a yep. great man, and yeah. I, I could do lovely. a whole podcast Very about lovely. Bill. Right. But um, I met him just several times over the a, years through a, Brian. He's a, a lovely a man. A great man. He, yeah. instead of like the rest of us who went out to try to make more money, Bill went and dedicated himself to save the children. Yeah. And has been with them for 45 wow. years, and he does it selflessly. I mean, I could go right. on. He, we joke about his his beauty or is pure, whatever they call it in Catholics, they say that when they purify the, when they, someone's going to become a saint. Yes, uh, yes. Sorry, I, right, no. I'm not being right. respectful of that. But, no, you are. But he I'm really Catholic, is, he's that, he's that person. Catholic. He really is. Right, right. He's an amazing man. But anyway, so we ran the company, and, and Mike and I were, uh, frankly, a marriage had gone bad. And, right. and at the same time, the what they call the Young Turks, uh, Brian Lord. But wait, like when you mean, and I want to like, go there, when, it, when it's gone bad, it's just it's just disagreeing on things? Just, we just were, like, it was, he, he went one direction, I went the other. Okay. They, he became, the, listen, he was never as bad a cop as they made him out to be, and I was probably never as good a cop as they made okay, me out to be. Right. But somehow or another, we were no longer right. gelling. Right. We just, uh, right. whether we didn't like each other, whether we didn't respect each other, it, it's not all one side. Sure. You know, I, you know, I, I'm sure I did things wrong. He did plenty wrong. We just, right. it was no longer, a, we, we, we right. shouldn't have been together. Right. The marriage ends. And, the and, marriages end. And, and at the same time, the, what they called the Young Turks right. were emerging. They were the guys who we included in representing our clients. They had good clients of their own, but they didn't, so it was, it was uh, 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 Brian Lord, it was Kevin Hovain, it was Richard Lovett, uh, Jay Maloney, may right. rest in peace. Yes. And, uh, and they were really the, and David O'Connor. Right. And uh, they were the, yeah. known as the, in the industry, as sort of the young Turks. They were the guys who were the heir apparent. Right. And, 
you know, I used to actually say to Mike, you know, we, we have to do more for them because we're going to wake up one morning and find out that we're competing with them. Right. And I said, and it's not going to be any it's fun. the circle of life. Yeah, so it's not going to be any yeah. fun to go out and have to go out and fight them every morning. Right. And I said, aside, they're our family, you know, right. and they, we got to take care of them. And, and Mike always said, well, look, we, have a, we, we, we were in the middle in those days. We were in the 20th year of a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. You know, we always said, oh, we're going to sell. We're going to do something. <laughs> we'll turn it over to them. We'll do this. And we just that. never did it. Right. And what happened was, I mean, I'll give a simple version of it. Yeah. And Jim Miller wrote a book kind of yeah. about this. And yes. it, 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 it tells sort of the history of it. But I, um, you know, Mike was, I, I love being an agent. And I love the guys I was working with. They're still, as you know, sure. they're still my dearest friends. Yeah. I mean, they're part of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike was offered the universal job, a lot of other jobs. I mean, he was, but he, he didn't take it. And I won't get into all the history of it, what took place. Right. But he didn't take it. And and I knew that we had to part. And I sort of indicated to him that I it's time for me to go do something else. I didn't even know what that meant. Right. Um, I was going to be an agent, but I was going to do something else. And Mike, uh, uh, and at the same time, the Seagram Company, who had bought Universal and offered it to Mike, right. and and after Mike rejected it, they came to me, right? And I took it. You took it. And that's what happened. And that was. And then Mike really had a fractured relationship with, as they quote, young Turks. Yes. You know, where I was, they were my friends and family. Mike was a, a he he walked loudly and carried a big stick. And and they resented that. These mm-hmm. were guys that were growing. They they were had found their place. They obviously found their place. They they were the most successful agents in history. Sure. Uh, but they were finding their way, and um, and deservedly so. Yeah. And and Mike had lost all relationship with them and control, if you want to use whatever the company. Right. And so after I left, he was offered the Disney job, and and right. a few months later took the Disney job. And and Bill Haber, when Mike left. Uh, went to save the children, right? Um, uh, and and that was the so the end of our era, right? That was the end of your era. Interesting because when you go back to the um, William Morris sort of forcing that guy out, I forget his name. I'm sorry, um, Phil Wel- Phil Weltman, right? Okay, yes. So then the agency sort of left at another vulnerable moment to sort of figure out how they're going to survive and get sure. through this. Um, which is always sort of funny to me yeah. about business and business relationships that, you know, you can build something and how it ends. Could you ever have imagined that these men would have not only say, you know, did what they did at the time, but have changed the face of the agency business yet again, like you guys did in the 80s? No, I don't think anybody, I mean, as, as great, I don't mean, it sounds so, uh, uh, you know, presumptuous, you know, they're, they, were, they were great agents. There was yeah. no doubt how good they were. I don't think anybody could have foreseen what what they did and what they created, and how they created it, and how they monetized their business. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't. No, I don't. I, th- I think there was no doubt they were going to succeed. Um, but there was a question mark. You know, they sure. they were all of a sudden left without the parents of the company, right. and it was their company to deal with, and they had few, lost very few clients. Um, and and rebuilt it into a, a behemoth and right. and, and, a, and a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It wasn't a behemoth that was running amok. Right. They were perfect, mm-hmm. and they are perfect. They really did. They did a great job. They've done a great job. They, you know, I won't even speak to what the other agencies do or don't do. But but this is talking about CAA. Sure. These guys were perfect. They're the they were the best agents ever, and I hope we. We, they learned something from us, but they took it way further than we ever, you know, uh, uh, imagined that it could be taken. Right. I, I always joke about it. I, I, if, if I had known it was going to be that successful, I would have stayed, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But it, they've done a brilliant job, and, yeah. and they're great. I mean, they're just great. You, you're, they're, they're, they are, in my opinion, the Super Bowl team every weekend. They are the Super Bowl team. But, and what's so, so wonderful about you is, the yet again, your generosity of that. Because I think you can speak to other members of that team that you referred to um, that don't feel that way. and Or maybe don't. And it's just so nice to, be, to sort uh-huh. of be, celebrate people's successes. 
Because I would assume that, you know, when Lou Wasserman is he's looking down or, you know, Sue Mengers, you know, when they watched you guys do that, they was like, oh, okay, you took from them. Yeah, we learned a lot. I mean, I mean, Sue Mengers was extraordinary, and Lou Wasserman was the, up to the time he became the head of Universal. Right. He, he was the, the, the king of agents. I mean, there's no, yeah. you know, he, he was in another place. He was dealing with presidents and, right. you know, changing the world mm -hmm. we were you know we were just pipsqueaks you right. know compared to that so yeah <laughs> the world changed and it's it's yeah. changed a lot uh, but they, they look i'm very proud of them and proud of what they accomplished and i'm you know uh, i think it's amazing i think it's just great well i think you're amazing i think it's like you know i mean hello Cher won best actress in 1987 for moonstruck and michael douglas wins in 1988 for um, wall street same year no he Cher won the same year well, that's what Sue. So, okay, so we had this conversation today because I remember that. No, no, I being I, the the gay I, lover of Cher, <laughs> you. So Brian said no. Cher and Michael Douglas won the same year. They won the and, same year. And and Ron Ronnie is that was those were his clients. Yeah, and I go. Yeah. Then I looked it up and I I saw two different, but it was the same year. It was the same year. I only the reason I know that I say they're still very dear friends of mine. Right. And and obviously were important clients to me. I. I, I wasn't invited to the Academy Awards that year. I sat in a limousine uh, outside. It's, I don't even remember why, but I sat right. in a limousine outside. And when they won, I, I went backstage, then, <laughs> I, you know, to see them, you yeah. know. But I wasn't at the awards itself, you know. So I, I was at the, I remember it was at the Shrine Auditorium, and I was sitting yeah. in, a, in a limousine listening to the show. Sure. And, and when they both won, I went back there to see them. But of course, it was a great moment for me. You know, I was uh, there. I was happy for them and happy for us. I mean, how us. does that feel? I mean, the funny thing is, I was at USC down the block from you in your car watching the same show. <laughs> yeah. So we were like within three blocks of each other. Yeah. What is? I mean, that doesn't it was often great. happen it was a to great, somebody. It was they a, have two clients no, winning the two biggest awards. It was very cool. It was. It was very cool, and especially because I'm so close to them both. And, right. And, and it was just great. You know, it was great. I mean, it was all. Look at I. I was living my dream, so it wasn't like I ever took any of this. By the way, to this, I'm, I don't take this moment for granted that I get to sit here and, and schmooze with you. Yeah. You know, but it, but I was, I was just the luckiest Jew around. You know, this is <laughs> this is a, a miracle for me. You know, so yeah. every day was a, I, I was living my dream. I mean, you know, I made money and I had a good time and yeah. I got to be with great people and I. I how great! I'm only I'm only sorry I'm not 20 doing it all over again, you know. But it's great. Wow. I, well, I mean, we're gonna just throw it to commercial, but just to hear you say you were living your dream makes me imagine you as that young man, young boy with measles reading that book, <laughs> and like that's the beauty of you that that incredible yeah. just boy innocence piece that I just love. So you're listening yeah. to Lunch with Bruce. I'm sitting with. The at one time the agent of agents, yeah. one time the head of Universal, but really always one of the nicest people I know, Ron Meyer. We'll be right back after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so now you pivot out. You're at Universal. Um, talk about that experience now, you know, transitioning from being the agent, which we just talked about, to that role. And what, what, what was that role and how did that shape you? Because now you're actually kind of following in the footsteps of Lou Wasserman, who really is regarded as one of the most, you know, iconic people in Hollywood. Well, it, was, it was, I mean, look, it was great. I had, a, I, I, although I was a little bit naive when I got there, I had known Universal well as a salesman mm-hmm. all my years, 30 sure. years in the agency business. Um, uh, I, I, you know, 20 years at CA and five at Conor and, and right. five at William Morris kind of thing. And so I, 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 I felt I knew my way around. And I knew a lot of the people there, and I got there, and I thought people would be happy for me to, to be there. They want to help me, and I realized that um, it, it was just the opposite. They people resented that I was there because a lot of people thought they were getting the job. I I sort of joked about. It. I was sort of like uh, when Cinderella's stepsisters found out that the slipper fit her. They said, "You, you ugly duckling, you're the one that the prince has chosen." Right. And that was me. You know, people wow. said, "How the fuck did you get that job?" Really. You know, and that's really what what happened it was no, no open arms no no and it was a it was a, 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 a it was a big learning experience for me um but ultimately i i i guess i figured it out because i lasted 25 years yeah so i i did figure it out and it was and i've, I've had had six owners at universal right. uh in my 25 years there but i but it was a big learning curve for me and which you realize that the whatever lesson i could partake to anybody and give out to anybody um I, I, you know, you have to be surrounded by everybody smarter and better than you. Yeah. And if you if you have an ego about that, you'll fail. Right. You know, I realized that the only way I was going to succeed is that I needed everybody around me. I needed to trust them, obviously, right. but they all had to be better at their job than I could ever be, and smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And I had to be help empower them to do their job, and that mm-hmm. was my job there right. to get them to to do it as easily as possible. But if they did it right, they deserve credit. If they did it wrong, then it was my mistake. What were some of the, and that's taking responsibility, what were some of the, the, the big wins for you at uh, Universal during those, that, oh, the, those decades? Well, there are two parts that stick out for me. The, the biggest win, I think, for me was being part of getting Harry Potter for the theme parks, and, which also reported to me. And, okay. I, and, and I did that through my relationship at Warner Brothers okay. uh, with Barry Meyer and Alan Horn, mm-hmm. uh, they they didn't just give it to us, but they trusted me enough to to let us make a presentation when Disney was about to get it. Right. Um, and I I really said to them, I, I need you guys to let us do a presentation for you. And they brought them to Orlando, and our parks guys did a brilliant job. And it's obviously been great for the yes. Harry Potter franchise, but great yeah. for Universal theme parks. Right. Uh, and it was a game changer for the theme parks. Right. I mean, in the, in the billions and billions of dollars. So I was very proud of that. And although I, I can't take credit for making those movies because there were so many people involved in it, but the the two movies that I that made me the most proud that being part of any organization, uh, one Brokeback Mountain, oh. which which you know at the time such a beautiful you know that movie. no no company would have really made right. it. And so there are a lot of people who deserve credit for it. I I was but I, it was on my watch, and so I. Of course, would love to take a little bit of credit. Ron, for just to, before you take your second one, you you're being so humble about this. But that particular movie, I can tell you, the movie theater I was sitting in, and as a as a as a young as I wasn't so young, but I was younger when that movie came out. It was for gay people, for gay men, for gay. Hmm. It was just huge. Well, it was uh, to watch Ang Lee portray this. For all of us, romantic. It was, just, it was a great. We all love. We all love. saw it at a preview. We yeah. all we, we we sat in the theater just crying. I right. mean, we all sat it. I mean, straight, gay. We were right. all. You know, it was an extraordinary experience. Right. And so I feel great. I always said, if they want to know what two movies I'm. But there were a lot of movies I loved that we right. did. Great sure. movies, wonderful movies. But those are the two movies. Wait, which is the and second? The other, and Broke the back second and is United ninety three. Yeah. And it was the first uh, post nine eleven movie. Mm-hmm. And we went and got permission from uh, all the surviving families really? to let us do it. And I, I get emotionally yeah, when I think about I it now. We, 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 I remember the first time we ran it, 
and showed it to all the, we invited the, all the sure. families to come and see it. And of course, we were all sobbing. Yeah. And, the film, and what it made you feel proud to be an American, proud to be part of the human race, proud to be, you know, to realize what people could do in the worst, most horrible of circumstances. And so it was those those movies, right. you think if you're going to be in this, we made a lot of entertaining movies, and a lot right. of movies I loved. I'm very proud of them. I mean, yeah. go on and on about, you know, uh, movies that really, I, yep. you know, Apollo 13, and go, I could right. go on and on about movies I'm right. really, but those two movies really were movies that you say, they made a difference. Yeah. They were about something they really, really did. important. I watch, I settle in, when I go back, you know, watching United 93 is always, just so difficult because it's so painful on so many levels. Really, when I go back and watch Brokeback, and I do quite often, I, I really sink into the love story. How do you feel about the idea that those two actors couldn't portray those characters probably today based on they're not gay? Well, it's horrible. I mean, you, you, I it's agree. too, listen, I, I'm an old man now, so I, I, I say these things, but right. but I worry that we're so good-looking old. Man. Yeah, well, thanks for that. <laughs> I I worry, just as for all of us, for my children, for everybody, that we all are worrying about the wrong things. Yeah. I mean, there's enough to worry about, and I think, Great. you know, I I think I think those they did a service those two actors, yeah. and. Uh, you know, whether they were gay or not, what, what, it what difference matter, did it make? You know, right. do we worry about things like that? Right. You know, you want the best people to do the best job. Right. And they did a, they, they, they actually, you know, in a, in a, in a time showed that the, the, the beauty of, of the relationship of these two men. Right. I mean, you, you only wish for, if, if, you were, if you were straight, you only wish to find a relationship like that. Completely. A, a husband or wife. Or Completely. So who cared? It was just about right. the beauty of love. Right. And you want that never to get in the, you don't want to get in the way of, Completely. you know, the, worrying about how you do it and don't do it and who's doing it. And I do think that the casting of, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger in to portray those, you know, now allows gay men and women to be leading actors portraying heterosexual people. It's Absolutely. I think it, doing the right thing can open up doors that yes. could never been opened for. And I think if we worry too much about, uh, I, I hate the word woke, I'm not sure what it yeah. means exactly, but you know, what does I think we got to be too, too concerned about being overly sensitive. Right. And I think good people do good things. Right. You know, I, I think you... I mean, there's, there should be no room for homophobia or, or anti-Semitism or mm -hmm. bigotry or, or racism. There shouldn't yep. be any room for it. And we, we better all live together and find a way to, to make this work, this world, or we're going to be really fucked up. Yeah, I mean, this is it. We're on the planet just for a little blip of time. So we're, uh, we're overthinking something here Absolutely. because it seems I not agree. to be working. I agree. What is, um, as we sort of kind of, yeah, as we're heading into like the, the final few moments of lunch, what are you working on now? Um, what's keeping Ron Meyer busy? Oh um, uh, I know you're busy. I know that you know your relationship with Universal ended um, and that's just out there. And yet again, I think it's... It's just fun. You know, you just never know the turns in the road. And you could think, have you found that the people in your life have been a support? Or have you found that this town, because town is a tough town, very transactional. I, I, I think if I had to weigh it, I would tell you I have more support than not. Good. I mean, and, and feel good about it. I right. think there's there's disappointments. I think you and I had that conversation. Sure. I think there's there, there's some disappointments. Right. And some, but there's, but the disappointments are, are overcome by some Good. really staggering right. surprises, right. nice surprises. Yeah. And so it's life. You right. know, I'm, I'm a big boy. You know, that's yeah. what happens. And, and I, I, I don't feel sorry for myself at all. I feel very lucky. And, and so, I no, I don't, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I, I survived, right. you know, and I'm just fine. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm deciding what to do. I know I, I'm not ready to retire. Right. Uh, I, I became a consultant uh, uh, to the country of Qatar, to the, basically through the royal family. Mm -hmm. And they're exploring looking at being in the film business. I've okay. been there eight times in the past few months. Right. And I love the people, love the place. It's been an extraordinary experience. And, and so I've, I, I'm enjoying that very much. Right. And I hope that lasts. But, you know, you never know. It's a, 
you know, to see what they want to do and, and how they want to do it. Um, and then I'm, I have some other opportunities. People talk about me, you know, uh, running different kinds of companies, and I, I'm not sure that I want to suit up and do that again. Yeah. Uh, but I'll see. I just, I'm open kind of to it, and I'm, I'm, I, I like that, you know, there's some opportunities there, and I, I'll see what I do. Well, the beautiful thing about Ron Meyer is the next chapter is going to be super interesting. All your chapters, um, if you, you know, the chapters you spoke about from the very beginning, the thing that you do is you go in with authenticity, you go in with, uh, uh, with a, a big heart, and you're successful because you're not only smart, but you're a, a kind man. And I think this is so great. And Ron, thank you so much for being on Lunch with Bruce. It means a lot to me, mm-hmm. and your next chapter is going to be great. Well, I hope you had a nice time. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you. This is great. Everyone, you're listening to Lunch with Bruce. I hope you're listening to it on your favorite podcast and enjoy your week. All right. Bye-bye. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.